0: Innovation Groove, dropping the needle into the
1: innovation.
0: Great song, Bring It On Home to Me, uh, from Sam Cooke. I'm taking this from the from the record, Portrait of a Legend, 1951 to 1964. It's funny, I actually owned that on CD first, and it really, I think, is a digital compilation. But uh, this would be an example of a record that you can actually get brand new. I think I got this one from Barnes & Noble for about $30. Uh, so it is interesting that, that they are pressing records again. And in this case, I was able to get kind of a remastered, repressed virgin vinyl uh, of one of my favorite CDs, which is, you know, kind of doing it backwards. Uh, but at the same time, of course, uh, I get to listen to it uh, through the sonics of vinyl. And I have to say, at some point, I will go back and get the original vinyl for these for these special tracks. Uh, I can't recommend the collection more. So if you get it new, then just get it new. Uh, so this will be the first blog that I do uh, that's based around my exploration, and frankly, my learning, and substantial learning about augmented reality and virtual reality, uh, and thinking about how that might relate to business and business education, which is really my industry. Uh, And I'll tell you what kind of spurred this, I don't know, this desire in me to get to know and try to learn virtual reality and augmented reality a little bit more. There's a a couple things that I'll speak to in this this particular uh, episode. So the first thing I'll say is, uh, I I was looking at the local newspaper, and it showed a picture of a whole bunch of um, high school students, and they all had those virtual reality goggles. We're we're all probably familiar, at least you know what I'm talking about, something that straps basically a cell phone onto your head. And these kids were, in the picture they were looking at it, and the headline basically was that these kids were doing a virtual field trip. And I thought to myself, Wow. (laughs) <laughs> right. especially somebody who travels around and in some ways is always trying to bring the world home to my class and you know and 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 the experiences that I'm having in Russia and in Israel other parts of the world bring that bring that home uh not just to my students but also to the to the uh people I, enact, uh, I interact with within the community here uh and so I thought about that and how powerful that might be I was like hmm um so I dug a little bit um, and I tell you, what I want what I want is to theme this, this particular episode is around what I will call the Google Cardboard moment. This was the moment that I realized how low the barrier to entry is for virtual reality experiences. The Google Cardboard moment. Okay. So I thought it was expensive I had a sense of these companies. We'll talk about them a little bit in in subsequent uh, podcasts. But I thought these companies—I'd heard Oculus, you know, and HTC Vive. I thought that Vive, these things—I thought these things were really expensive. They were for like a specific kind of really high-tech, game-oriented population. Some of which of this is true, but ultimately that it was kind of out of reach, and that this was about a a platform. This was about an experience. That's still a few years in the coming. And many of you might be like that. Right? You know a little bit. Or you know that it's out there. You've heard of virtual reality. Heck, through science fiction films, we've been talking about virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and all these things all the way back to Kubrick years, right? So, so that's not new. But I thought the technology that would make it more available for the general public was still years off. Okay? And in starting to poke around... I bumped into this thing called Google Cardboard. Never had heard of it before. Okay, they don't—they don't have commercials for, for the cardboard. And what the Google Cardboard is, and you can go online and look it up, the cardboard is a cardboard version, literally made out of cardboard, of uh of one of these virtual reality viewers that you put your cell phone into, uh, and then you fold it into the cardboard, and kind of like the old ViewMaster for people that are old as I am, right, and can remember a Viewmaster. Then you put it up to your face, and now, in a very cheap way, you can interface with your phone's uh, virtual reality capabilities, right, some sort of apps or some sort of games that you might have, that you might, that are available for your phone. So I said, wow, that's the first thing. This is a real moment for me where I realized the Google Cardboard costs $15. You can order it directly from Google. But then if you go online and you just search Google uh, Cardboard, actually there's a bunch of companies that make these things. And I was able to go to the the local Best Buy uh, and the, their virtual reality viewer for your smart, smartphone made by Insignia was 5 bucks. So what I'm telling you that I learned is that it costs $5 for me to enter in to uh, the VR experience game right, that the interface that I needed, I could get for as cheap as $5, all right. Clearly, there's a quality difference and there's some scaling that we can talk about. There's some differentiation, but I'm just saying the barrier to entry here was a $5 available at the local Best Buy, okay. What further, further, right, showing me how low the barrier is, I'm an Apple guy, and have been for actually a really long time um, I, my my high school had macintosh five twelve k's in there my freshman year of high school we were like one of the first schools in the nation uh, to have that and have that ability so i was I've been with them for a long time um, and so I have an iPhone, not the most recent one, but I do have an iphone and another kind of misconception I had was that whatever this uh, virtual reality through your uh, phone experience is, it's available only to Android, to the Google ecosystem, right? As most, mostly represented by Samsung, but clearly Google's in there, and there's a few other companies in there too, okay? But Samsung clearly being the most prominent. So did I realize or did I know that actually two things, there are, in a, in a more limited way, there are Google Cardboard and its app is available for the iPhone, not only is it available for its iPhone, it's available for the iPhone that I have, which is the iPhone 7. So I thought you had to have the iPhone 10 or the iPhone X, right? I thought the 10 was the one that then finally gave Apple the uh, you know the the, uh, the the possibility of being used as a VR device. And I'm sure there's some cool things in the 10 that make it better than the seven for that purpose, but you should know you don't have to have the 10. You can have older generations of the iPhone and still download the app, get the Google Cardboard, and start playing games. So these were things I've learned within the last 48 hours that showed me right away how low the barrier was. And when I see that as a business person, when I see how low that barrier is, now I start thinking about how to participate in that ecosystem. Because frankly, if it's not fairly easily and widely available across multiple formats, then it really is a more specialized niche game. But now that we're talking about, I mean, you can provide $5 heads- you know, cardboard headsets to a classroom. You can provide that to, you can give that and put your own branding sticker on it and give that to your clients to then experience on a limited level, but to still experience your virtual reality uh content. All right, so this was a mind-blowing moment for me that brought all of a sudden this VR game, the virtual reality game, which isn't the same as augmented reality, and we'll talk about that. But it brought the virtual reality game much closer. And in a certain sense, built an anxiety into me. you might be able to hear it in my voice. I became anxious because now, the day before, I was going to sleep at night thinking, ah as a business professor, as a businessman, as a consultant, as an, as an educator, as a researcher, that augmented reality and virtual reality stuff isn't something i need to account for as i go about my day to day business. okay, and activities. now, i have anxiety about the fact that i given how how low the barrier is. I need to be one of the folks incorporating this in some way or whatever's appropriate, but incorporating this into some of the activities that I do. And I don't know what those are going to be, but I'm anxious to find out. So this series of podcasts, these episodes that I'm going to do on virtual reality, what I'm calling virtual groove, um, this is going to be about my exploration and about my travel and about my learnings. And some of you will learn right along with me. Some of you will learn from me, and maybe I'll even inspire some of you to come on over the fence. Uh, you know, uh, this this is this is I tell you, this is this is a pretty exciting, almost alternative universe that's just sitting right there, just sitting right there. Uh, so I so number one, I learned that virtual reality is cheap to get into, and you probably already have a phone that's virtual reality ready. All you need is the five dollar headset. Uh, The second thing is you don't need an Android, right? iPhones have them. But my third point is you really learn once you start getting into this space that Apple is absolutely not the preferred platform, right? If that's ever been clearer to me, um, it's clear now that my future, to the extent that I take virtual reality seriously, my future is not an Apple future. Apple is really a consumer's ecosystem. The Android is a maker's or a producer's ecosystem. And this, because we're still at the early stages of virtual reality, this is really still a production, a content development stage, okay? And the early adopters are probably people like me that are going to be thinking about how they can take some of their content and make it available through these different formats and power their content, right, for a, a, a more... I don't mean this ironically. Three hundred and sixty-degree experience, something more fully immersive. So when you're talking about that stage, you really are talking about a a technology and a platform, uh, and an ecosystem that is tailored to producers, not to passive consumers, right? So my future here then is going to be about brands other than Apple, okay? And I will have a whole uh, uh, episode. I'm calling my episodes grooves now. So I'll have a whole groove about kind of different brands that I'm bumping into. Right? Um, And so anyway, so Apple, consumers, Androids, producers. So that means I've got to change my ecosystem. Wow, this is transformative. This is transformative. Uh, There's different levels. I, I want to be clear here about the kind of the cardboard moment. So number four, so the cardboard makes it cheap and easy to have a VR experience, but there's clearly going to be different levels of the VR experience, okay? And so, what you're going to get from the cardboard is pretty pretty basic, right? You might get uh, some basic games, like children's games that they can play. Uh, I was able to download, and, and really off the off the Google Pla- off the Google cardboard app, it'll also kind of show you or offer to you. Um, uh compatible like in my case iphone compatible games that have been developed some of which are uh, free some are like 99 cents there's plenty of those and some that as you get deeper into the game or the whatever the experience is um it'll ask you if you want to go further you've got to pay okay but there will be some free initial experience uh, so kind of the freemium model, right? So you'll get, you'll get a variety of those things and, and quality varies quite a bit on those too. Uh, but, uh, but at the end of the day, the, the, the cardboard, I figured out fairly quickly that the cardboard is very limited as far as uh, how deep these, these experiences can go. Okay. And so same day. So if I bought the Google Cardboard at, or its equivalent at Best Buy at 10 o'clock when they open. Uh, By 4 o'clock, I was going back and and looking for something that was padded, something that would truly close my eyes in, right? Rather than having kind of the gaps uh, to let light in, you really need to be closed in. So I was looking for something that was more comfortable, that I didn't need to hold to my face, that actually had some straps on it, would hold itself up, uh, that I could focus, right? So I could get some clarity, and not really get a headache. So I was going back looking for the step-up model. I wasn't going back looking for the ultimate model, but I was going back looking for the step-up model. Now, once again, as an iPhone user, I was fairly limited in what I could buy, right? Google makes some very nice stuff at like the $70, 80 model, right? The Google day, Daydream, but that doesn't work with the iPhone. And most of the headsets that are available don't that are, that are made by third-party designers, uh, they don't work with iPhones, right? So I did find one. It's this Utopia brand. I got Utopia 360 Degrees. It was $30. Um, I think maybe Retract might be the company, but uh, it was $30 bucks on sale for $20. Bucks. I picked that up. And it also had a remote control, which helps change the menu and do things uh, through Bluetooth, so you don't have to open up, pull your phone out to change... Uh, to change or go forward or to go back to menu or those sorts of things and you know and it could even focus as like you know if you're playing a game as something that could be like the gun you know the actual trigger to a gun so uh, so anyway so it comes with all that I was amazed once again at how cheap that was right I have a nice comfy set 20 bucks this is a this is this is all music to my ears and all digging in to make me say oh I got to get into this stuff All right, so there's different levels. You've got the cardboard level, which really is just an initiation. I I, I would have those. I would have those to give to my students um, just so that they can have that initial taste to know that it feels different than seeing things in just a a two-dimensional flat way. Uh, Or to send to my mother or your grandmama so that if you take pictures, and you can do Google Cardboard app, but there's also the Cardboard Camera app. So you can do a 360-degree scanning picture and send that to people and so sure i'd want the people on the other side maybe to actually have a google cardboard so they can look at it okay so there's there there's lots of reasons why one one wants to operate that five to fifteen dollar level but lots of reasons also to that up to a hundred dollar level where once again you're looking for comfort you're looking for it to actually close you in uh you're looking for focus which is really important if it's out of focus a lot of times that can make you feel queasy pretty quickly um and even, at, even with some of your most expensive sets, that will be the case. Uh, but those are, the, you know, and you can spend probably up to $100, $150 on the VR headsets that work with your phone. And at the end of the day, the phone is really going to determine what your experience is, right? The VR headsets really just to close you in. Oh, and they generally have a, you can get the more expensive ones, which will have a built-in um, um, headphones, Right. Because in the same way that the video is 360 degrees or fully immersive in some way, there's also the higher quality uh, content also has directional uh, audio so that you can hear things behind you and all of that stuff. So um, so, yeah, so you'll get the better headphones as you spend more money. But I would say probably up to about 100 bucks, you know, 100 bucks, you're probably maxing out on the um, uh, the headset that works with your phone. Now, your phone, I mean, if you're looking at the latest Samsung phone, you know, you're talking about 900 bucks for these galaxies. And if you're looking for uh, the iPhone 10, you know, once again, you're still looking at $1,000. So, you know, you're talking about $100, $150 add-on to what may be a really, really expensive phone, okay? Uh, but you can get by without doing that. Uh, but then there's also, you can do it through Sony PlayStation, Right, so that there's actually a way that you can play games from a console standpoint and be tethered to a nice, or actually a pretty nice set of, of headphones once again that has a built-in screen so it's not using your phone. Uh, so that would be kind of a, a step up generally from the phone because that's a dedicated unit. okay? Uh, and then the ultimate, and, and, and really, really where the game's being played as we talk about this, uh, from a technology side, is through Oculus or HT, HT, HTC uh, Vive, right? Where you're talking about a computer, ultimately, like your your desktop or your laptop that's been optimized for virtual reality. And then connecting uh, Oculus Rift or an HTC Vive to that and being able to have really ultimately even a full room like a walking around in virtual reality experience i'll talk about all of that stuff in more detail in future podcasts frankly as i get more familiar with it right but bottom line is so there's that level and let's just be clear google cardboard is not offering any of that (laughs) but it does give you access and it gets you access uh pretty cheap so um so VR entry to get into it is cheap. You don't need an Android. Uh, Apple is probably not the game. Once you start trying to talk, think about this, right? That the Apple ecosystem is not really this ecosystem. Um, There's different levels of VR goggles. And frankly, each one offering different uh, components that are involved in the experience. And ultimately each one offering a different experience. Um, and uh, the fifth thing that I'll say, and this comes back to my motivation, for now spending time learning, uh, trying to get involved in the in the in the VR and augmented reality uh, ecosystem myself, is uh, Michael Porter, who's the father of business strategy. If you look at uh, my episodes on strategic management, kind of what I'm calling strategy grooving. Uh, I spend a lot of time talking about Michael Porter and and talking about the value chain, the five forces. So Michael Porter, uh, just uh, within the last couple weeks, through, well, actually, I'm looking at the November, December 2017 issue of Harvard Business Review. He puts out a manager's guide to augmented reality. Virtual reality means you're completely closed in Augmented reality means there's some sort of overlay of technology, but you can still see the world around you, right? So that the technology, it's like mixed, mixed reality. The technology uh, and its uh, uh, content, its display, is mixing with the environment around you, not completely closing you off from it, even if it reproduces it on a certain level. So you know, virtual reality, augmented reality. So Porter, the father, really kind of the father of business strategy, has put out A Manager's Guide to Augmented Reality. Uh, just this past November, December. Uh, and so I think as a signal, once again, kind of as a shot over the bow, when kind of the biggest mind and your fundamental mind for business strategy, which is what I teach, is talking about why y- you, his clients, his students, his university, should be thinking about how to incorporate virtual reality or augmented reality into their value chain, when he's doing it, that's probably a strong signal that we should be doing it. Right. And so, and, and, and so I'll leave the, I'll leave for a future uh, episode, kind of my review of what he says in this manager's guide to augmented reality. But it is, if you were to search that, underneath michael porter you can find that and read that yourself but i will i will definitely do an episode on that uh, i think it deserves its own episode right so as i kind of leave this being kind of my first episode that i'm doing related to virtual reality virtual uh, or augmented reality right i just want to say it, i'm just sending this out kind of as an invitation to my listeners, to my students, to my colleagues, uh, and to the my colleagues out in the community that I'm interacting with and, and working with. Right, join me on this quest. I'm trying to learn VR as it relates to business, though. right? So I'm not, I'm not a developer. So as it relates to business, uh, and to think about this, not just what is the virtual reality business, like what is that business model in and of itself? That, I think, is actually really important. Right. But also, of course, how business models in general are going to interact with this virtual reality, augmented reality capabilities moving forward. Right. So two different questions. And I'll be putting up episodes related to products and services that are available. So I'll talk about the different brands that I'm bumping into uh, and unique services that's, that serve those brands. Right? This is a fully different ecosystem. Okay, and a lot of these brands I didn't know of until twelve hours ago. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll I'll talk about it and I'll post uh, uh, maybe even uh, videos from the different evangelists within this uh, within this space. Clearly, Michael Porter is somebody who's thinking about it, and that's comfortable for me because he's speaking about it from a business school. But there's lots of technology evangelists out there that I, that I've actually been watching. Uh, VR evangelists that are helping me understand where it came from and kind of what they're thinking about as they develop it, and kind of what they think the uses are going to be, what industries they think they're going are going to be disrupted, right, and what kinds of things they're doing, what kind of use cases that they see for this, uh, to, for making money, but also for doing for doing good for society, right? So, uh, so I'll, I'll I'll talk about and 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 uh, um, do episodes on different evangelists. Uh, different scholarship, right, to the extent that there's research and there's actually a strong line of research happening in places like Stanford University around kind of human interaction with virtual reality and, and how that, that interaction helps us to understand human beings and also can also help to think about controlling and changing the minds and even the psychology of, of human beings. So I think that the scholarship piece would be a nice, is going to be a nice ad. And I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a PhD. This is, that's something I'm going to, uh, to talk about. I think that might be a unique thing that I would bring that your normal technology blog on this would not bring. Uh, and then just examples of different use cases. There might be episodes where I just come in and say, here, now that we're clear about the ecosystem and the different products, the different platforms, let's just talk about interesting people who are using this in interesting ways. Right, so there'll be basically use cases, and so that's the way I kind of see this particular line uh, of blogs uh, and um, uh, podcasts kind of developing. Okay, so please join me on that quest. Um, thank you for thank you for joining me this time. Uh, I hope you learned something just like I have in the last few hours, and uh, I'll, I'll turn you back to Sam. Carr. Innovation Groove, dropping the needle into the innovation story.